on a nationally syndicated call-in television program, two guests, both medical doctors, were discussing the subject of abortion. In addressing the doctor who was against abortion, a young female caller expressed the opinion that the human fetus was not really a human being at all, only potential human life. And the doctor echoed the words of the psalmist as he responded almost thunderously, Ma'am, that's not potential human life. That's human life with great potential. The Bible tells us that it was God who formed us in our mother's womb. And when he formed us in our mother's womb, he placed within us the highest possible potential. We call it theosis or union with God. Part of man's tragedy is that this great potential remains only a potential and is not fully developed. Man is indeed a frail creature, but he is endowed by God with a fantastically great potential. Ralph Waldo Emerson alluded to this when he said, let's read together item one on the bulletin. What lies behind us and what lies before us are small matters compared to what lies within us. All of us are born equal. Our job is to outgrow, transcend equality by reaching out to achieve our great potential in Christ, because there is greatness within us. If the image of God and the likeness of God are within us, there is greatness within us. Henry Ford was having lunch with a friend one day, and the friend asked him, Who is your best friend? And Ford took out a pen and started writing on a, a white napkin before him on the table these words. I should have listed this also on the back bullet. And he said, Your best friend is the person who brings out of you the best that is within you. Your best friend is the person who brings out of you the best that is within you. Now that makes Christ our best friend. And that makes the church our best friend. And that makes the Bible our best friend. But their purpose is to help you achieve the great potential that God placed within you. Gloria Steinem, the feminist leader, said once, Quote, by the year 2000, we will, our hope, I hope, raise our children to believe in human potential, not God. Human potential, not God. You'd expect something like that from her. The truth is that without God, you not only lose your human potential, you lose your soul and you end up in hell. And hell doesn't begin when one dies, it begins right here. 
You know, in the Soviet Union, they thought that they would bring out the human potential that is in people and exile God, kill God, get rid of God, and they proceeded to bring out that human potential that lies in people without God, and they created a veritable hell on earth for over 70 years. There's no human potential without God. All of our human potential is rooted in God and proceeds from Him. With God, without, with, without God, your potential is hell. With God, your potential becomes heaven itself, where, as Paul says, I has not seen what things God has prepared for those who love Him. Now, the tragedy for most of us is that we die before we are fully born, as we said last week. We die with so much unlived life within us. We have a hundred acres of possibilities within us and only one half acre under cultivation. We are a picture of unfulfillment. As Oliver, Oliver Wendell Holmes said, quote, many people die with their music still in them, close quote. In the New Testament, the word for sin is amartia, and translated literally from the Greek, it does not mean to break a rule. It means rather to miss the mark to miss the target, to miss the bullseye. That, amartia, is the great tragedy of sin, which occurs when a person doesn't, fails to measure up to his or her full potential in Christ and fails to become all that Christ created him or her to be. Thus, sin is to miss the target, to, fa to fail to claim and develop the fantastic potential that God has placed in us. For man is not only hell-bent, as we hear many preachers saying all the time, man is also heaven-bent, because God has placed in us that great potential for growth toward him, toward Theosis. And St. Paul says in Romans 5.20 so well, where sin abounded, grace abounded all the more. Now, Orthodox theology calls the potential for which God created us theosis. Now, theosis is a very simple word, and you shouldn't be frightened by it. It's really the core of the good news of the Orthodox Christian faith, namely that we are called to share in the very life of God. Salvation in Orthodox theology is much more positive than it is negative. It means not, not only justification and forgiveness of sins, it means also and even more so the renewing and the restoration of the image of God in us the lifting up of fallen humanity from the gutter of sin all the way up to the throne of God. Christ forgives us and frees us from sin and death 
that we may proceed to fulfill our great potential, which is to become like him and to share in his life. Because Christ came to save us from sin for participation in the life of God. In other, in other words, we are saved from sin for theosis, for union with God, which is our great, great potential. So theosis is the really the positive aspect of salvation. And to describe theosis, let's turn to number two. We can use the following words, and let's read them together. The transfiguration of man, putting on Christ. The restoration of the image of God in man. Restoration of communion with God. Participating in the life of God. Incorruption. Receiving the Holy Spirit. Becoming temples of the Holy Spirit. Ascending to the throne of God. Participating in the kingdom of God. Being by grace what God is by nature. To describe further what our potential theosis is, we can say the following, and let's read together number three now. Jesus came to lift the fallen all the way from the gutter of sin to the throne of God in theosis. Theosis is what God wants for us who are created in his own image, namely to become like him in whose image we are made. Theosis is a personal sharing in the life of God through faith, prayer, and the sacraments. Theosis is the rich potential God placed in each baptized person. Theosis is the name for the process of salvation initiated in baptism by which we are Christified, namely united to Christ and changed into his image. Theosis is the transfiguration of our lifestyle, implying concern for our neighbor, mutual sharing, love, and we can go on, stewardship of our possessions, stewardship of the earth, and so on. It's all part of it. Christ the Savior came to redeem us from sin so that we might proceed to acquire that great gift, that great potential of theosis, which he offers us by grace, because certainly we can never deserve it. Salvation does not end with the forgiveness of sins. It begins there. It is at baptism that our journey to God, to theosis, begins. Because salvation is not only a matter of, are you saved? It is much more a matter of, are you being deified? Are you growing in the life of Christ? Are you claiming the riches of God and the promises of God? Because we are saved from sin for participation in the life of God. Let's read number four now by George, Father George Florovsky. Original sin was not just an erroneous choice, but rather a refusal to ascend toward God. And that's what theosis is all about, a constant, a daily ascending unto God. 
The last one, number five, by Vladimir Lossky. Let's read it together. What does it matter being saved from death, from hell, if it is not to lose oneself in God? St. John Chrysostom said it so beautifully. It is not enough, he said, to leave Egypt, to leave sin and death. One must also enter the promised land. And the promised land is theosis, our potential union with Christ. Because, says St. Christian, between Egypt and the promised land lies a vast desert. Close quote. Now, the fact that there is a desert between Egypt and the promised land means and calls for askesis, we call it in Greek, daily askesis, which means struggle, which means discipline, which means war against the passions within us as we journey toward theosis, toward union with Christ. I'd like to conclude by saying that theosis is a beautiful word, but someone once said to me, yeah, that's the trouble with you Orthodox Christians, you Orthodox priests. You're always using big words that mean absolutely nothing to us. But theosis is a, not a big word. It's a beautiful Greek word. And it means literally becoming God from theos. And if we are to apply this word to everyday life, to those who are trying to cope with a ter terrible illness, to those who are struggling to make a go out of a sour marriage, to those who are burdened with anxieties and cares. Theosis has a lot to say to these people. It says to these people and to struggling humanity that we have a capacity through the presence of God within us to transcend and to overcome every difficulty in life, including the greatest one of all death. Theosis tells us that we are not paupers or beggars, that we are sons and daughters of God, sharing his glory, partaking of his divine nature, destined to inherit his eternal kingdom. And Theosis tells us that we are more than conquerors in Christ, our risen Lord, who loved us and gave himself for us. And Theosis keeps telling us to hang on in there because no matter how hard the struggle is or the temptation, hang in there because God has great things in store for us. And no one expressed this more beautifully than St. Paul in Romans 8.18 when he said, I consider that the sufferings of the present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us from sin to theosis, our fantastically great potential in Christ. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for the tremendous, tremendous potential you gave us by grace when we were baptized. 
Sustain us, we pray. Strengthen us. Uphold us in our journey from the slavery of Egypt to the promised land of Theosis. We pray in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.